Hello and welcome to The Richard Pyatt Show, a program about rides, people, and smart talk. Now here's Richard Pyatt. Thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Instacart. Make grocery shopping easy with same-day delivery. Click the special link exclusively for Richard Pyatt Show listeners at richardpyattshow.com. Well, you've seen the story from Rachel Ray about her house fire, and you perhaps read some of the detail in the investigation about how that fire started in the chimney. U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission uh, averages about 17,000 chimney fires as they examine statistics, and that was uh, between 2015 and 2017 in the United States. And evidently that number is down, but can you imagine more than 17,000 folks dealing with uh, fires like that, which Rachel Ray and her husband dealt with? So in learning about that, and perhaps you've seen Rachel's video about it, we have it linked in the description in the show notes for this episode. Uh, We thought we'd turn back to our fire safety experts, Michael McClear with the Fire Safety Prevention and Education Agency. organization called escape and of course michael is a a firefighter himself and educates firefighters on how to be safe in doing so thanks for the time michael once again thank you for having me on richard so uh this is a chimney fire and as we pointed out there's a lot of those um are we supposed to be looking in our chimneys with some regularity i mean just the idea that you know, uh, we ourselves are not probably going to get up there and stick our heads in there, but somebody uh, who knows what they're doing should be, right? Absolutely. So there are licensed and qualified professionals, companies out there that specialize in inspecting that chimney. And even in Rachel Ray's case, I understand that she had her chimney inspected twice a year. Typically, mm. we check that chimney for creosote buildup. But they're also looking for, especially with modern technology and with cameras in today's day and age, they can actually put a camera down the chimney and check the integrity of the mortar. And that's equally as important because the more fires that we have in that chimney and the older that the mortar becomes, it can tend to crack. And it can tend to allow embers over time to penetrate into the structure of the building. And Mm. over time, those hot embers, the right ember with the right conditions of oxygen certainly could cause a fire, a smoldering fire, which then could cause a chimney fire and and an entire home fire as happened in Rachel Ray's case. Now, as I understand, her situation was a little unique. She did have her chimney inspected. The fire investigation reports do not show it was a creosote buildup, but it looks like an animal had taken some dried vegetation or something had accumulated in the chimney. Mm. That is what actually had caught fire. And when that dried vegetation created some sparks and the sparks exited out of the chimney, the sparks actually, those hot embers are what caught the roof on fire and a passing by neighbor actually alerted Rachel and her family, hey, your roof is on fire, and they yeah. had to quickly get everybody outside. So that's that's a unique situation where even though the best prevention tips were taken, she still lost her home. Yeah, terrible story. And and again, you'll see her recounting of that and then the um, the walk around of the remains of the house before they demolished it in her video that's linked in our, our show notes at richardpyatshow.com. That was uh, August 9th, 2020. And um, uh, 
for all practical purposes, she did what was expected, right? To uh, have that chimney inspected twice a year. Is that the recommendation? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, following those steps, making sure that we have working smoke alarms in the home, but in this case, if the fire starts outside, those smoke alarms are not going to go off inside until the smoke backs up. Um, you know, as we relax in front of our fireplace or we're lighting that wood stove as we're going into the fall weather months in many parts of the country and the weather starting to cool down, the last thing you think about is the condition of your chimney, but your chimney and the flue that lines it adds not only an architectural interest to your home, but its real function is to carry the dangerous flue gases from your fireplace, wood stove, and your furnace safely outside. And we want to prevent carbon monoxide buildup. So not only are we worried about things in the chimney that could block the escape of the flu gases, but also we have to be careful that carbon monoxide doesn't build up in the home. So it's kind of a twofold chimney fire, home fire, carbon monoxide poisoning, especially as we enter in to the cooler weather uh, period of time. Um, Some indications of a chimney fire have been described when I've had homeowners uh, tell us when we've been out on location and we've had that call as the as the fire service to respond to reported chimney fire a loud crocky, cracking or popping noise mm. um, a lot of dense smoke in an immediate area and uh, an intense hot smell within the home uh, but that cracking noise is really important because something's going on in the walls and especially if you can feel abnormally warm walls around that chimney especially if that chimney goes up in the center portion of the home. I know my home, that's the case. A lot of older homes, they put the chimney in the center portion of the home. It's more difficult to see the cracks and also the, you know, uh, smoke that uh, the the gases that may be escaping. Uh, So having that professional chimney sweep, having them using the modern technology, and there are uh, organizations that are out there, is certainly the number one way to prevent damage to your home, damage to the chimney. And if there has been a fire in the chimney and it's self-extinguished, we still should always have that chimney inspected because it could have weakened the linings. Uh huh. And speaking of that, I want to go back to what you were describing in terms of the the breakdown of the inside of the chimney. You used a word to describe it, the the buildup that happens there. This is soot and waste, I assume, from a fire that that uh, naturally collects as the years go on. Is that true? It is. It is. Creosote is a byproduct of burning of the wood. Certainly, we can have a larger um, creosote buildup when we're burning green wood versus dried wood. So we want to make sure that the wood that we're burning is very dry and is seasoned. Mm-hmm. And we want to burn the right type of wood. And the other thing is we go into the holiday season, what some people will do with their fireplace is they'll use it as a trash can or a trash burner. We never, ever should burn anything other than seasoned wood in that fireplace. So no wrapping paper, no trash, nothing like that, because Hmm. that's not what the fireplace was designed for. And in some cases, those types of fires can burn hotter and more rapidly than the wood-based fires. So it's always important that we refrain from putting anything other than the seasoned wood uh, or those fire starter logs, as long as they're approved by a nationally testing laboratory. A lot of people will use those to get the fire started and get those, you know, coals started. And then when you add additional uh, logs, that's certainly a best practice. And then making sure we have those glass doors so that sparks don't 
come out onto the carpeting or onto another uh, flammable surface. So making sure if we're going to bed, you know, we make sure that that fire is contained and, uh, you know, don't go to bed with a raging fire base. Basically don't have the um, um, fuel load uh, so, so great at a late period at night, 11, 12 o'clock at night, and then go to bed, let the fire kind of, uh, wind down is a better choice. Mm-hmm. Now is a chimney inspection, the same thing as a chimney sweep. And should we be doing both if they're not the same? Well, usually when we talk about a sh- chimney inspection, the chimney sweep company, a certified chimney sweep company, usually I refer to it as one and the same. You want to have a licensed and certified company and individual that can help identify any risks and mitigate those risks in the chimney so that we can prevent any harm or damage. And the nice thing is the um, uh, there's certified chimney sweeps out there thanks to the uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission and the National uh, Chimney Sweep Society to where you can actually go to their website and you can look for the nearest certified chimney sweep or cleaning company in your area by just putting in your zip code, which is phenomenal. Hmm. And it's www.csia.org and then just uh, forward slash search. And that way you can find any place in the country uh, you can find the nearest certified chimney sweep that's able to come out. I know years ago when we were, when I was younger, we used to have a company that came out and they wore a black hat and a black vest and and a tie. And that was kind of their brand and their theme. <laughs> and that was really neat. And it was kind of the traditional chimney sweep that we, we knew of in the you know late 1800s, early 1900s and things like that. But now with technology, uh, most of the companies that I've dealt with, they actually have the electronics and the cameras that they can actually put down that chimney and they can do a complete uh, overview of the uh, integrity of that chimney and make sure that there's no crack mortar or looking for any warning signs that the homeowner may need to be aware of. Certainly as we're buying and selling homes, when somebody buys a home before they use that fireplace, they should get that chimney inspected or make sure that that's part of the agreement with the buy-sell agreement on the home inspection. A lot of people forget about that mm-hmm. because especially if we're buying and selling homes in the warmer weather months, we don't think about the chimney as being something that we want to make sure is inspected and that we get that clean bill of health. Is a chimney sweep an actual um, situation in which uh, in addition to the camera inspection, that there's a there's a brush or a broom or something that's coming in contact with the walls of the chimney all the way up and, and is actually sweeping it? What happens there? Exactly. They're removing the creosote and they're making sure, again, that that chimney is in a ready state where there's not going to be the flammability on the housing or on the walls of the chimney. So they're actually scraping off and, and getting any of that residue, any of that buildup that's taken place, which again can happen. The hotter the fire, the less the creosote buildup, but that's not always the case, especially if we're using green wood or um, you know we're not using uh, the proper kind of wood. Pine, for example, generates a lot of smoke mm. and that's very uh, sappy. So, right. um, there can be some, some gumming and some residual there that builds up on the chimney lining. So we want to avoid that. That's, that's one wood that I know to, to just kind of stay away from, even though we think of pine trees and, you know, the holiday season, don't put those items in uh, the chimney or don't burn them inside the home. So when we talk about twice a year, is that, um, a recommendation that's based on 
say, cooler weather climates where we might burn more wood in our fireplaces? I mean, if you're in Florida or someplace like that, is it, is it uh, still necessary for twice a year? Good question. So I would recommend, again, it's going to be based on use, as you mentioned, and um, making sure, again, the beginning of the heating season and throughout the heating season, especially if we're using that fireplace on a regular basis, probably mid-season would be a good time in the cooler climates. Down south, where we're using it more as a novelty or more as the ambiance of the fire and the flames just during the holiday season, Possibly once a year would be fine, but mm-hmm. certainly understood from Rachel Ray's situation, they use the fireplace on a regular basis. Right. So she just wanted to have that extra protection being in upstate New York and making sure again, um, that they took the steps to understand fire grows very rapidly, fire spreads very rapidly, and they didn't want you know, anything to happen as I understood it. So she took those reasonable steps. Unfortunately, in this particular case, there were other elements that nobody really accounted for. So, yeah. And I have a thought about that that I'm going to get to, but first, uh, what about gas fireplaces? We talk a lot about burning wood, but should we still be having these kinds of inspections on this schedule? If we're using a gas fireplace, it's always a good idea to have at least an annual inspection of any chimney, whether it's gas fired, fuel oil or wood-based because animals can build a nest in there. It could be even bees and hornets Mm. building a nest down that chimney. And if there's not a cap or a cover on the top of the chimney with a screen, those animals can actually get into that chimney and they find that as kind of a safe haven. And they usually do it at night when we're asleep. So we don't necessarily see them climbing up on the roof. If there's a low hanging branch, squirrels and other animals, raccoons, they can jump a great distance. They have great climbing powers and abilities. And the thing with the gas fired uh, fireplaces and, and furnaces and things like that, the glass logs, the gas fired logs, they're beautiful, but we still have to make sure that we have that carbon monoxide alarm because natural gas and propane can off gas with carbon monoxide as can fuel oil. And we want to make sure uh, that we keep everybody in the home safe. So just a good rule of thumb, not only for the integrity of the chimney, but also making sure nothing has ended up accumulating in that chimney over the warm weather months. So that when we get ready to use it in the wintertime, uh, the cooler weather months, we don't have a fire, but we also don't have that blockage, which could cause a deadly carbon monoxide incident. You anticipated where I was going next in Rachel's case. Uh, she's having the uh, chimney inspected twice a year, but still an animal got in there. And uh, I was going to ask you about the cap. So we presume then that she either didn't have a cap on the top of the chimney or it was penetrated by the animal, a persistent animal, I presume. Very possible. And again, I didn't have an opportunity to find that question out, but it's always important to make sure as a homeowner, we're making sure that after we've had a windstorm or any type of severe weather or things like that, just do a 360 degree uh, virtual and and visual view around your property and around that structure to make sure that cap looks like it's uh, firm and in place. And if it isn't in place, make sure that you contact a qualified and licensed professional or have someone put it back in place that knows what they're doing. Because not only are we concerned about the animals, but also just the elements, the rain, the snow, 
things like that when we have heavy rains can go down into that chimney and eventually could get into the home if we had a lot of rain, kind of like what they're having down south from time to time when we see many of these hurricanes coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of those tropical storms actually make it right up here into Michigan, and we see heavy amounts of rain, even though we don't have the severe weather. We could see five, six, seven inches of rain like we did a few seasons ago. Right. We're talking mostly about chimneys from fireplaces, but like my house doesn't have a fireplace, but it has a chimney, of course, for ventilation of the uh, uh, heating system. Is that chimney supposed to be inspected every uh, so often? Good question, Richard. Yes, it should be as well. And a lot of the modern style furnaces actually are using not a chimney, but PVC piping for the high energy efficient furnaces. The concern that we have there is birds animals and even hornets or wasps can build a nest in the end of that PVC pipe and can cause that furnace, that high energy efficient furnace to either put out deadly amounts of carbon monoxide, or if you find that the furnace is shutting down and won't stay running, that's usually a telltale sign that there's something wrong. And we have two times of the year that we have to be concerned with that. This time of year when we're turning on those heating systems, and maybe over the summer, a hornet's nest or or a wasp or a bird has built a nest. But also when we have heavy amounts of snow that accumulate upwards, if it blocks that PVC pipe exhaust, it can cause the new style high energy efficient furnaces to actually not stay running. They'll shut Mm -hmm. down because they're not sensing that the carbon monoxide is leaving that vessel and going outside uh, or the the old generation ones were that the carbon monoxide would just continue to pump into the home and cause deadly amounts and, and come into the ductwork and things like that. And if people were sleeping at night, it just puts them into a deeper level of sleep. So traditional chimneys may still be out there in modern construction, but more and more with the high energy efficient heating appliances, it's now being exhausted through the PVC piping and the exhaust temperature, Richard, on those types of appliances is only about 70 to 75 degrees. Hmm. So a lot of times it's not enough to melt the snow when it accumulates, but it'll turn the snow to ice and that'll form a bonnet on the end of that PVC pipe. And we have seen that before in our emergency responses. Yikes. Okay. So keep our eye on that. If, if you don't have the, uh, the furnace ventilation, such are the uh, chimney ventilation situation that, uh, Maybe some older homes might have. Absolutely. And especially when we have those heavy snowstorms, always a good idea to keep the fresh air uh, intake. Uh, Make sure that that is uh, clear. Uh, Shovel it out or have someone Mm -hmm. shovel it out and make sure that that PVC exhaust pipe is also shoveled out so that it has enough area because we not only have to be concerned with the snowfall, but also the blowing and drifting. Okay. Once again, the uh, link that uh, Michael mentioned to look for a certified chimney sweep organization is csia.org forward slash search. And we'll uh, link that in the show notes at richardpyatshow.com. So you can just click from there. But uh, moral of the story is make sure your chimneys are inspected as much as possible. And you have that cap on the top. Uh, to uh, prevent, or at least mostly prevent or thwart uh, animals from trying to get down inside there. I think I've I've heard stories from uh, those organizations trying to remove uh, those uh, animals from those situations. Raccoons, for example, 
they tend not to want to be evicted, Michael. That's right. <laughs> so they tend to be very challenge. damaging as in attics and crawl spaces and areas that we don't uh, habitate in on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So uh, here's another thought. As that camera's inspecting the mortar inside your chimney and it sees an issue there, uh, is that an easy fix? I mean, how do they take care of that? Usually it is an easy fix. And the nice thing is now that they can take photos, they can show the homeowner exactly the condition. So the homeowner can make the decision and they can understand exactly what it's going to cost and what it's going to take, depending on the amount of damage that's occurred. If it's been a neglect situation, or if it's been something that looks like it's starting to deteriorate, usually a rapid intervention is going to be less expensive than allowing it to go. And not not take care of that and that's one of the things that's talked about in the chimney safety institute of america they believe again that prevention is the key and even your heating and air conditioning contractor they come out and do the annual servicing of your furnace they too will be able to uh, be uh uh, an advocate and, and also look for any warning signs if they're seeing, um, you know, any type of moisture coming down the, uh, the exhaust pipe or things like mm -hmm. that, that, that connects into the chimney. Uh, they certainly use a, a licensed and qualified uh, heating company that can help be, be uh, the advisor to you as a homeowner and sure. make sure that you're getting, you know, multiple perspectives because the chimney sweep, the chimney inspection company isn't going to be the first company to call. It's usually going to be either you notice there's something wrong as a homeowner, uh, as an occupant, or the heating company says, you know what, you might want to make that phone call and here's who we'd recommend. All right. Uh, Michael McClear is a firefighter and a firefighter educator and also spends a great deal of time with his organization called Escape, uh, educating adults and children about fire safety and how to avoid fire and escape fire. 25 years uh, you've been uh, doing this work with Escape. What does that stand for? I always ask you that because I yep. haven't memorized it. You have absolutely though. education, showing children and adults procedures for evacuations. We started it 25 years ago. Actually, the birth date was on October 10th, 1995, when we went into our first school and we actually taught children how to properly escape a home fire. And that's where the acronym comes from. Over the years, we have had over a million children and families go through our smoke demonstration trailer, which fills with theatrical fog. And we can actually, in a safe way, reduplicate what families may encounter when there's a home fire that occurs. And a lot of times these home fires occur between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. in the morning when we're sleeping. So it's really important that we have that muscle memory built. We have our home fire escape plans. We have working smoke alarms on every level of the home, inside and outside the bedrooms. And we make sure that everyone in the home understands their role and what to do. If we have young grandchildren or young children, babies, if we have pets, if we have older adults that have mobility issues, those are all things that we should identify in that home fire escape plan. Now we're two ways out outside of the meeting place. So that's what we really focused on. Back in 1995, when, when I uh, sat down with two individuals to talk about, you know, did you know a lot of kids are dying in home fires? Over 25 years, the fire service and our community partners have done a great job across this country lowering child fire deaths. So we have less child fire deaths today than we did 25 years ago. But what we're seeing, Richard, is more older people, since they're staying at home, they're living longer, are actually more frequently dying in home fires because of mobility issues. And again, a lot of times people um, 
un- unfortunately think fire isn't going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And it can happen to anybody at any time. So that's really the basis for what we do. Um, we focused in both the Great Lakes and the New England regions uh, with our program. Um, I was a firefighter for many years in Massachusetts and uh, started in Michigan and, and uh, retired out of the fire service in Massachusetts in 2018. And now I'm spending most of my time educating and also connecting resources with our local firefighters, like getting them smoke alarms, carbon monoxide alarms, because our local firefighters know their communities and they know where their risks are. We want to just be there to help them advocate for fire safety. And we want to take some of that pressure away so that we can have those relationships and we can provide them those mitigation devices, smoke alarms, carbon monoxide, alarms, escape ladders, fire extinguishers, that they then can help keep their community safe. And it's the best way to connect with community that we found Mm -hmm. in over 25 years of doing that. And just one uh, other little nugget of thought here that in many communities, if you can't afford a smoke detector, uh, you can get one from your fire department and they're happy to help you with it. Absolutely. Fire departments across this country are very, very willing to help out. If you have questions, if you bought a new home, if you're not sure, you know, would this window be a great way out? Or if you have a window that doesn't open all the way, especially in basements, we have to be concerned with that. If we have sleeping quarters down in the basements, what would people do? How would they get out if there's a fire and they couldn't go up? the stairway or if they're upstairs and they can't go down the stairway do they have an escape ladder those are some of the things that we talk about and really help people lay out because our homes are all different we lay out those successful plans together as a fire service and as escape to be able to make sure that everybody has the tools and resources to stay safe and you can learn more about escape just uh, take a look at their website e-s-c-a-p-e-i-n-c dot org escape inc org. Michael McClear, thank you again as always. Thank you, Richard. My pleasure, and everybody stay safe. I'm happy to tell you the Richard Pyatt Show is brought to you by Instacart. We have a special link just for you, Richard Pyatt Show listeners at richardpyattshow.com. Click that link, check out all the details, sign up, and get your deliveries in as fast as two hours. Groceries as well as household essentials and a number of other items left safely at your doorstep. Instacart, look for the banner at richardpyattshow.com. Click through and get more information. Thanks for listening to The Richard Pyatt Show. Click the subscribe button to stay in touch. Visit richardpyattshow.com and on Facebook, search Richard Pyatt Show.